Thank you for joining us today. This is The Film Scene, and I'm your host, Ina Morgan. We started this podcast with the intention of spotlighting innovative and influential filmmakers around the globe, promoting cross-cultural collaboration, and also being a portal for the exchange of ideas and instruction in the film industry. We invite filmmakers from around the globe to come into the show and share their ideas, share their techniques, share what they're doing. We're here every week, every Thursday, 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you for joining us today. And I want to take you straight to our studio guest today, Alex Hawthorne, coming in from New Jersey, USA. You're still in New Jersey, right? Yes, I'm still in New Jersey. Okay. Okay. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Welcome, welcome to the show, the film scene. Thank you so much for joining us. I know there are other things we could be doing on this lovely Thursday afternoon, right? Right. Right? Like directing a film? Oh, yeah, normally, normally I'd be, you know, working on something, but. But I'm you here. are working on something. Yes, I'm, uh, I'm wrapping up um, editing for a feature film right now. Okay, and that film is In the Pines, right? Yes, that's the yes. title. Okay. So Alex is a filmmaker, director, producer, won too many awards. I've got three pages of awards here yeah. that we're going to talk about. You're, you're also an actor, uh, scriptwriter. That's your main thing, right? right. Scriptwriting? Yes, Yes, correct. yes. So a man of many talents. <laughs> So tell us a little bit. You grew up in New Jersey, correct? Yes, I, uh, I'm originally from Philadelphia, actually. Mm -hmm. uh, and then when I was eight, my family moved to New Jersey, and I've been there ever since. Okay. And what was that move like? Philadelphia, New Jersey? I mean, when I think Philadelphia, I think Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. <laughs> were, you, were you like anything Fresh Prince? Yeah, of course. You know, some, you know my Prince mom got scared. We moved, you know. Um, <laughs> Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, unfortunately, um, we moved for several different reasons. Um, my father, for example, had gotten a, a his, his job had transferred him into New Jersey, and it was just not worth an hour long commute for him every day. It was just better to move to New Jersey, um, mm -hmm. you know, a little closer for him for work. And um, unfortunately, our neighborhood was not. Uh, it was just starting to go downhill. Unfortunately, um, you know, just you know, you mean Philadelphia? yeah, okay. exactly. Right. Yeah, the, the neighborhood in Philadelphia was not. Uh, it wasn't as nice as it was when my parents first moved in there. So it was just time to time to leave. Right, right. And before leaving Philadelphia, were you inspired creatively? Did that start in Philadelphia or did that start when you got to New Jersey? Um, yeah, I was definitely inspired um, when I was living in Philadelphia. Um, I, I would definitely say I, I, was a big, I was a big TV watcher. Right. Watching a lot of, you know, a lot of like cartoon shows and watching a lot of movies and stuff like that back then was definitely mm -hmm. something that had, you know, an impact on me. Did you watch uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air? Yeah, yeah I did okay. occasionally watch uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Um, but uh, you know, I was always watching like um, movies, like uh, and playing with my action figures and stuff was definitely something I kind of realized, like, oh, if I'm, you know, if I'm writing stories, you know, with these action figures and stuff, you know, I kind of realized I could translate that into, you know, filmmaking. So are you saying that when you started visualizing and creating stories, it started out first with action figures? Is that? Yeah, yeah surprisingly, um, you know, because I'd have like, you know, you know, Power Ranger toys or Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle toys and stuff like that. And I'd say, OK, like, you know, what you know, what are they doing? Not just standing there, you know, 
-hmm. know, are they fighting a bad guy? Are they fighting each other? You know, what's happening? Well, if I recall, um, one of the big, because with all the awards that you've won, mm -hmm. um, we had talked about this and, and you, it's, it's your distinct view that one of the reasons that you get selected for these awards is because you write very compelling characters. Mm -hmm. Now, when I think action, mm -hmm. I don't think characters, I think a lot of fighting. Right. Like a lot of, you know, quick emotions and fighting. I don't see too much the, the character arc, you know, going from this event to that event. I see, oh, you make me angry. I'm going to punch you. <laughs> so, so tell me how that evolved. Um, well, I mean, uh, playing, playing my sister was definitely helpful as well. Uh, you know, because sometimes the characters would just be like, you know, sitting down and like having tea or something, you know, together. Um so and, and me first, as I got older, I kind of realized, you know, the kind of films and the kind of, you know, shows that I more gravitated towards and started writing, you know, stuff towards that. You know, I liked, you know, dramatic films like um, like Boyhood was like a great movie that, you know, came out, you know, many years ago. And that's literally just about a boy like growing up. I mean, it sounds it sounds boring when you hear that out loud. When you actually see the movie, you're like, oh, my gosh, I totally remember, you know, experiencing, you know, that when I was a kid. And I, I remember like, you know going through this when I was, you know, first, you know, interested in girls or something like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know? And comedy also plays now after I've watched a, a lot of your, your films, mm -hmm. I see two things coming out. Uh, I see mm -hmm. comedy being a great part of it, a right. major background of it. And looking at your CV, you wrote for a lot of the, the comedy shows out there. Right. Yeah, I mean, I've written a lot of, you know, um, short comedies and stuff like that. Um, I have a, a feature length screenplay that's a comedy that's uh -huh. uh, being produced by a different company right now. Mm -hmm. But you also did some writing for some of those shows out there, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, right? Um, I don't think so. I think, uh, yeah, it wasn't. Uh, did did yeah. you not do some comedy writing for for shows? Or no, was, nothing. No, is it your own? Yeah, mo yeah, mostly just my own. Um, okay. You know, kind of all my own kind of stuff. Um, when I was in college, I was um, I was part of a couple of different writers' rooms for a couple of comedy shows when I was in college. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, obviously, these were like these were like student shows. They weren't. They were on this, you know, the student mm -hmm. television network. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I definitely I do have experience, you know, working in a writers' room and stuff like that. Right, right. So, how do you? integrate that you you have action and again like i said when i think action and i think uh the power rangers and all these other figures that that you were probably referring to when you grow up i think fighting so how are um, we integrating comedy right um well um you know i well i think a lot of those you know old shows i used to watch like i said i used to watch a lot of cartoons as well like um simpsons and you know like bug rats and you know, yeah, so like a lot of that, that stuff, figuring out, you know, figuring out how to set up a joke and stuff like that. Um, in fact, my mother once told me that if I learn anything in her household, it better be comedy timing. You know, right. So definitely, uh, I definitely had a very funny household. My parents are, you know, very funny people. Uh -huh. um, so that's okay. been helpful as well. Now, you recently started, you've been doing this, you've been doing filmmaking 10 years. Yes. And you recently started your company, Hixo Productions, in 20. Yes. 2020. Yes. I almost said 2000. And then I thought, <laughs> wait a minute, that's a long time ago. In, in 2020, 
and you're releasing your first feature here. Yes. But you have an amazing CV. You have three pages <laughs> of being nominated for awards, winning awards. Um, it's it's longer than any that has come across my desk. <laughs> so I'm interested in this. I'm curious to know how do you do it. Um. Well, for me, it's just you know I don't have you know. I don't want really to have like, you know, this, like this is important to me. This is like my life. You know, I don't love to be able to be able to sit there and say, well, you know, you know, if this doesn't work out, I'll just get like a regular job, you know, because it's hard to get a regular job nowadays. I mean, a lot of people, you know, and they're not made, a lot of people are, you know, you hear in the news constantly about how people are like, you know, struggling or they have a job that's not paying them, you know, well enough and everything else. You know, I, you know, I, every day I saw my dad come home and, you know, complain about how much he didn't like his job, but, you know, he had to hold that job down because, you know, he had a wife and, you know, children to yes. support. Right. You know, I mean, I, you know, I'm not married yet. I don't have any children yet. You know, it's not that I know of, but right. uh, you know, I obviously, you know, I can, you know, I can just focus on me and what I want. You know, um, when I was, uh, I used to work at a public library and, um, at one point I, you know, a lot of the people who I used to work with had, you know, moved on and they'd gotten, you know, full-time jobs and stuff. And I kind of, made, I kind of had to stop and realize, you know, what, you know, what do I want out of life? What do I want to do? And I realized I did not want to waste you know, my twenties, you know, working, you know, some dead end job that I didn't like. So I decided I'm going to, you know, I'm going to focus on, you know, becoming a filmmaker. Like, that's what I want to do. Like, that's what I'm going to put my effort towards. That's why I started. That's why I started focusing on, you know, um, writing short films and, you know, writing feature films and trying to get it out there in the hopes that, you know, I could, you know, build a career for myself. So what I hear you saying is commitment, number one. Yes, can't go, absolutely. Can't go partying every night if you, right. you want to make this happen. And, right. and get your films out there and get it into festivals and get it nominated, get it seen. Right. Really Absolutely. Get it to the process and to what you're doing to your goals and just get out there and make it happen. Absolutely. I mean, I've had plenty of friends in college who, you know, they thought they were going to be, you know, the next Steven Spielberg or mm -hmm. something, you know, but, you know, they found out, you know, getting into the industry is very difficult. You know, it's a lot of work, you know, the job, the pay isn't always consistent. You know, sometimes you might, you know, you might have a good job. that's paying you a couple hundred bucks you know, a day, for like a week and then suddenly you know you know you're scrambling to get, try to get the next job because you have bills to pay and right. um you know for a lot of people that's you know you know it's difficult to you know to manage and handle that kind of that level of stress right. you know mm -hmm. whereas me i've said hey like you know what i you know i'd rather i'd still rather be doing that than you know working some job that just makes me like you know unhappy or something mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know? now you did uh, a particular piece that i like okay and I want to roll this piece sure. right now. Uh, and then I, I won't give it away by, by preluding it with anything. Sure. So I'm just going to play it and then you will tell us what this is about. Sure. Doing great. You got a good paying job. That's important. 
Why am I constantly thinking about killing myself? I don't know. Look, maybe you should talk to someone about it. Like your family. Nobody wants to hear your sob story. Really? That's an awful thing to say. It's true. Why do you think therapists charge so much? It's the only way they can justify how much time they're wasting. I don't think anyone can help me. You've been a loser your whole life. What makes you think anything's going to change? Anything can change if we work hard. Yeah, sure, you just need to put a little effort in. You're really good at that, aren't you? Stop it! You are always doing this to him! He brings it on himself! Just want to end it all. You know, I got nothing to show for him. You should go for a walk. When's the last time you went out? You should go to a bar. Nothing better than a crying drunk. You know what? I think we should go online. There's a lot of people we could spend time with. How? There's a lot of sites dedicated to meeting new people. I mean, let's find one. Come on. He doesn't have any interests. I like movies and stuff. I used to like the playground when I was a kid. A sad adult hanging at the playground. Maybe if we're lucky, someone will call the police. Other outdoor activities are good. Maybe you should go for a walk. I just feel like nothing I do will help. Why do you feel so depressed? I just feel like nothing in my life matters. I try and I try and nothing ever works. That's probably just your lot in life. <laughs> you can't expect things to happen overnight. It takes take time. Come on, let's get a drink. Okay. <laughs> now, I call that, before I say what I was going to say, have you watched um, Jeff Dunham? There's a skit that he does. You know who Jeff Dunham is? Yeah, I know who he is. I'm not familiar with the sketch, though. There's a, there's a skit he does arguing with myself. Oh, yeah. It's okay. hilarious. You should okay. watch it. I'll, I'll have to look for it. So the questions I want to ask you, um, number one, how did you do that sh with the, the shots? Because uh, I, I know there's several ways that it can be done. So I want you to tell us how you did that. And, um, and then the other thing I wanted to say was that now, to me, this is a monologue within a scene. So, right. so tell me how you define it. Because cause my term for it is a scenologue. So you tell me how you define that and, and tell us how you shot that. Well, I think, I think a you know, scenologue is probably a good description. I can't think of a better way to, to put it. Um, yeah, so basically what we did was uh, we had, had an actor friend who um, wanted to play a couple of different roles in a project. Um, so basically we had to have him, we had, we had to set the, sh the shot up correctly. Um, using if you have a camera on a Steadicam, as long as it's or a camera on a um, like a tripod or something, as long as it's something that's like really like steady, you can just kind of let it roll. As long as you leave it there, you can just kind of keep you know filming, um, and keep filming him in one position, and then cut and have him sit in a different position, and then start filming from a different position. 
So um, obviously everybody needs to be, you know, separated, you know, pretty well. You can't have, you can't have anything overlapping. Like for example, I can't have one hand here and the other hand over here. So now they're overlapping. You got to make sure there's like space in between. So you can kind of cut in between to blend the shots together. Uh, I had, I actually had done that. Um, I'd done that previously actually for a music video um, before I had done it with it, with this, with the music video, it was a little bit more, uh, it was a, it was a little more dif- difficult with the music video because I had people like, you know, moving around a little bit more. But, um, you know, with this, you know, we just had him, you know, it was simple. Just here, we'll have him sitting on the couch over here and then we'll have him, you know, standing over here and, you know, sitting over here. So it was a little bit easier to kind of, um, a little bit easier in terms of spatial reasoning to figure mm-hmm. out, you know, where to put everybody. When you, when you do your process, you do your filming process with effects like this, do you record it? Do you have someone record how it is that you're doing it? Um, not, not really. It, it, it depends. Um, it depends on how many crew members I have helping me. Uh, so for example, that was, um, with that short film, that was just mm-hmm. me and the actor, um, working together. So I was running the camera and running sound, uh, at the same time. You know what I think would be pretty neat as okay. a teaching tool for other filmmakers is if you were to have your uh, cell phone, for instance, mm-hmm. set on a tripod that you can record that because I'm sure there are a lot of people that would love to know how to do that. I think yeah. that would be, yeah. So when yeah, you- yeah, I, should, I, should, I should definitely consider, you know, doing more of that in the future, more behind the scenes of like, you know, you know this is how I do things, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think that would be pretty neat to show Mm-hmm. Uh, especially on a production like this so that mm-hmm. people can get an idea because I you know for me I I don't uh, shoot films so mm-hmm. I shoot videos so for me just hearing it my brain is trying to go through okay slow that down rewind how do we do that again right. um, and so I think having a video with that uh, especially like for a show like this you bring it on and, and then replay it I think that would be fantastic for people right. to watch. Yeah, to explain that. Now you have um, a secret, and I'm sorry, I interrupted. Was there something else you were saying on on that particular? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I just wanted to say, um, you know, uh, with a lot of that project, I mean, it's not just you know having having the camera on a tripod and make sure the camera is still and positioning the people so that they're separated is important. But uh, the key is also in the editing process because what you can do is. Um, you can have the footage like overlapping each other. You just put one piece of footage on top of the other. And then from there you can, um, you basically, you know, use certain editing tools on your software and stuff to actually cut them set, you know, set, instead of just seeing like, you know, the footage here, you're cutting black over top of that. And instead of just seeing the footage here, you're cutting black on top of that. So then when they mix together, it looks like, you know, they're perfectly like in sync together that way you can see one person in one position, another person, in another position. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure for all the filmmakers out there, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> for me, I'm struggling to follow along and I'm trying to visualize. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, 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 it's okay. I'm, I'm because this the, the audience are filmmakers, so I'm sure they they can follow along exactly what you're doing. Right. Yes. Yeah. It's all, it's all about the cropping. I'll say. It's all about the what? It's all about the cropping. The cropping. Okay, yeah. so it's in the editing, of course. Yes, yeah, exactly. yes. Now, and, and you do, you edit your own films. Yes. You do the editing as well. Yes. So you essentially, and are you the DP and the AC when you get out there, you're, you're doing it all? Uh, it, it depends. Um, usually, usually I have done, I've done a lot of my own cinematography for a lot of my projects. Um, for the feature film that I just finished, I did hire um, other camera people. 
uh, mostly because, um, you know, it, it was, it was going to be helpful to have other hands on set and have, you know, their perspective on, you know, how to improve the lighting and stuff like that. And, you know, I was already producing and directing. I didn't want to have to overwhelm myself with more work. So it was definitely, you know, a good idea to hire other people to come along, you know, and help out. Now, something like the clip we just saw, how long would that take you to shoot and put that together? Uh, actually, to, uh, surprisingly, uh, to shoot the whole that whole project, uh, that was only a one day shoot. Um, it was probably less than probably less than six hours to shoot that entire project. See, it's just in the in the living room because even yeah. though he popped out the kitchen, you didn't do a, a scene in the kitchen. Am I correct? No, 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 we did. We did. We did shoot in two different rooms. We shot. We shot in a couple different rooms actually. The uh, it was my yeah my the living room, the um, the kitchen or the dining room, excuse me, and uh, I think. I think we had a scene in the bathroom too. Was it? I, I, I'm trying to remember because I, I thought it, it was different angles. I'll have to go back and take a look. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, yeah, we did, we did shoot in a couple of different rooms. Um, for me, it's just a matter of, um, as far as scheduling goes, you know, if I, whatever, whatever rooms I'm using, I try to use those rooms one at a time. So for example, um, if, if, for example, if I had, if I had that script in front of me right now and I had, you know, three scenes that are taking place in the living room, and two scenes that are taking place in the kitchen, you know, you know, I'd say, okay, cool. Like let's film all the living room scenes first, even though they might be taking place, you know, hours apart just because, right. you know, once you already have the camera and everything that's set up in that room, you know, why would you say, okay, let's pick everything up, move it over here and then pick everything up again and move it back. Like we're already here. We're set up. Like, you know, let's, let's do it here. How they shoot films. Am I correct? When we do yeah. the production schedule. Yeah. That's yeah. You know, you're set up for that one scene. You don't want to, because that's a tremendous amount of time to set up, get the uh, get the marks, everything marked off, get the angles. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I've, I've had uh, other the feature film that I just finished. Um, one of the actors even complimented me on the fact that you know we had a couple scenes that were filming in the living room, so we filmed a lot of those scenes. You know, back to back. Even she said like you know oh yeah like you know he's figured out how to like you know speed up the setup process. And mm -hmm. since the setup process is what takes forever in filmmaking, you know, if you can figure out how to speed that up, you can save a lot of time in terms right. of, you know, shooting schedule. And time is always money on a film set. Absolutely. For that deal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now you also have a very special technique that you've worked out mm -hmm. as to how to maximize and optimize your, your film set right. and your crew. Uh, and that technique is the, what I call, I don't know what you term it, I call it the continuous shoot. Right. Um, and I, yeah, I think it's a, it's, it's a good time. Let's talk about it. Cause I was sure. going to say, I wanted to hold off and talk about that in a minute, but yeah, we're here. Tell us sure. about that. Tell us about that secret that you do. Sure. Um, yeah. So what I do is, as you described it, you know, continuous shooting, which again, I do, I do like that. Uh, I, I would, I would describe it as that as well. Um, so basically most, most directors, you know, they'll set up, you know, they'll set up the scene and then they'll, you know, they'll slate real quick, you know, and then, you know, after the, after they do take one, you know, they'll cut and then they'll reslate. Um, you know, I've just figured out, you know, if you just don't bother to reslate, you know, it makes things a lot faster. So I'll say to the actors and the crew members for that matter, um, as soon as we start, I'll say to them, Hey, listen guys, like, you know, here's how I do things. Like, you know, we're going to shoot the first take. And then afterwards, we're not going to cut. We're not going to, you know, reset and everything. We're not going to cut, you know, the way, you know, normal people would do with the slate and everything else. We're not going to reslate. You know, we're just going to go back to one and we're just going to keep shooting. We're just going to keep the camera rolling, keep the sound rolling the entire time. And as a result, it saved, you know, a lot of time 
in terms of uh, production because I mean, reslating, reslating should really only take like, you know, two minutes to have everybody go back to their positions and, you know, and reslate and everything else. But, you know, when you're doing like, you know, five or 10 takes, I mean, two minutes each time, you know, that time adds up after a while, you know, you end up wasting, you know, you can easily end up wasting like 10 minutes on set, you know, just reslating. So I've personally figured out, you know, if I just don't bother to reslate, if I just have everyone, you know, go back to one and then, you know, go from, you know, the beginning to the end of the scene, you know, just over and over again and save the cut for the end, you know, it saves a lot of time on production. Um, not to mention, uh, it actually makes things a little bit easier uh, in the editing room floor because um, what I can do is, you know, instead of having to sync up, you know, this take with this dialogue and this take with that dialogue and this take with that dialogue instead, okay, we're just going to shoot up this one long thing of footage that's going to sync up with this one long thing of, you know, voice recording. And then as a result, you're syncing up everything like a lot faster. Um, not to mention it has been helpful um, because what happens is that in the background, you know, when I'm in between, obviously I have to cut out the in-between parts, like in between, you know, in between take one and take two, or maybe, maybe I'm giving an actor direction or something. And so I have to cut that part out, but because I'm, you know, now listening to the direction that I gave, you know, an actor, you know, three months ago or something, you know, helps me in the editing room too, because it makes me realize, oh, okay, like this is why I told them to do this. And, you know, now it's, you know, now it's like I'm back on set again. And I remember my mindset, you know, of when I was there. Do you think that works better because you are the director and the the AC and the editor? Because I'm trying to imagine what that would be like. Because uh, I've never sat I, I in a film set. I don't sit in the editing room, but but I've heard long stories about how things on the front can be a nightmare when they're trying to put those pieces together. So I'm curious as to what your thought might be, how that works when it's not the same person sitting in that editing in that editing room. Right. Um, I, I don't I've never I've never worked with another another editor, so I don't know for exact but I mean my thinking would be I mean I feel like it probably would be a little bit difficult for, you know, if I like for example, if I, you know, had just shot a film like yesterday and handed it off to another editor. Uh, they might be a little bit confused as to why, like, you know, the footage is so long and why there's all this, like, in-between stuff, you know. Um, so I would definitely have to, you know, talk to them ahead of time and say, hey, listen, like, here's how we shot it. And, you know, you know, this is why, you know, it's, the footage is this long and, you know, everything else. But at the same time, um, it might be beneficial for, the, for, the, for another editor as well because um, they'd be hearing, you know, obviously they'd be hearing my directions, you know, in the scenes, you know, telling mm -hmm. the actors what I wanted from them and everything else. So it might give them an idea of like, you know, how, you know, how the footage should look and which take they should use. So, I mean, obviously, I mean, the, the problem with, you know, the, the difficult thing with editing is that I would say editing, editing is sort of like your last chance to rewrite the screenplay, um, mm -hmm. you know, because in the editing room, you can decide, hey, you know, instead of, you know, going in this direction, you know, that we, you know, originally planned, like, you know, now I'm seeing this other take and, you know, now I'm thinking like, you know, maybe, you know, maybe a different mood for the scene might be helpful too. So, I mean, it depends on, it depends on what you want to do as the editor in terms of putting the project together. And, I, and I've had that situation with my own editing where I've sat there and said, you know, oh, I've, you know, I shot the scene like this and I had an idea of, you know, this was the mood of the scene. This is how the character should be feeling and stuff. But now I'm looking at some of the footage and I'm like, oh, wait a minute. But, you know, if, you know, if I use these takes, Instead of these ones, you know, I could have a totally different scene that works even better, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, it's what they always say about um, a film mm -hmm. from inception to production 
It's never going to be the same. Right. So even, even just the idea of what you started out with in product, it's a whole different story. Right. So there, there's this uh, whole evolution that it goes through. So that that's not uh, unusual at all. But it would right. be interesting to know to run a um, like a research to find out how that method translates in a different scenario when there's someone else doing the editing. I I would be curious to know if it if it works out better or not. Right. Um, so. This particular technique that you use, I know you used it in the feature that you have coming out. Did you use it also in this one that we just saw? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you okay. know, I, I, I pretty much, I've pretty much done it since, um, really, since really for all my projects. I remember I was working on a, um, I was working on a short film, um, at, many many years ago, and uh, this person had said to me, well, this person actually was the one who said to me. You know, maybe we should just like, you know, not cut. Maybe we should just keep shooting instead of, you know, you know, cutting and everything else. Uh, he was he was doing the sound for a project that I was working on. And uh, at first I was kind of like, all right, like, you know, I guess we can you know try it that way. And I realized like, oh, this is definitely, you know, a lot easier and a lot faster, you know, to just to just do this continuous shooting. And I've just always done it since then. Mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. know, um, so. I want to run uh, you have this film coming out. It's mm -hmm. a feature. Yes. And this is your proudest film that you've done. This is the one you're the most Absolutely. proud of. of Tell us why you're the most proud of this film. Um, well, I mean, I'm proud of just how ambitious I was to actually because, you know, get this project because, made. Because before you answer that, I'm oh. going to say again, I have three pages <laughs> of films you've done. Right. So so I, I'm curious to know, and I'm sure other, others would want to know, why this is your most proud project right um well i'm all going off of the you know obviously the many award nominations that i've enjoyed um most of those were for short films and stuff and you know it's nice to make a short film because you know it, you only it depends on depends on the short film you might only need to work on it for like a day to shoot the whole thing and then just spend a couple of weeks editing and the reason i'm proud of this feature film is because you know it is a feature i did decide you know you know, it was going to be a longer schedule, you know, going into it. I knew ahead of time before I even started, you know, before I even started figuring out the schedule, I knew I was going to be working on it for at least, you know, a week and a half. Um, you know, so I'm glad that, you know, I'm glad that I was able to, you know, handle, you know, from beginning to end, you know, that amount of, you know, days working in a row and, you know, um, having that, having that crew available um, to put the whole project together. And, uh, you know, I'm just very proud of the fact that, you know, I, I put the film, like I said, I put the film together myself. I, you know, got the locations for it. I found the crew to work, work with me for this project. You know, I hired all the actors myself. Um, you know, and now, you know, we're at a point where, you know, the film is about to be finished. I've, you know, I've edited, you know, an almost 90 minute long film, you know, single-handedly over the past, you know, year mm -hmm. while also holding down a full-time job. So, you know, it's a big deal to sit there and say, like, you know, I, you know, I wanted to do this project and, you know, and now it's completed, you know, it'll be out there, you know, for people to see very soon. And when, when is it going to be released? Uh, well, we're still, we're still finishing the editing. Um, so uh, hopefully, hopefully the editing should be done in the next, you know, couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. um, hopefully we should start sending it out to film festivals uh, probably in August. That's when it'll start to, you know, make the rounds uh, and, and be shown, you know, in front of a live audience. Okay. All right, so I want to roll this clip sure. so that everyone can have a look. Sure. 
Okay. If I can find it, that would sure. be a, a good thing. Sure. Okay. So while I try to find this, Alex, sure. um, give us a little background about this, this particular clip. Sure. Um, well, the, uh, the feature film is called uh, In the Pines. Mm -hmm. um, and so basically, um, basically these uh, estranged family members are struggling to bond after a seldom seen family member suddenly appears. So basically what happens is that the husband, this husband and wife are not quite getting along. Uh, meanwhile, this, uh, their babysitter and her sister are not quite getting along. And so mm -hmm. what happens is that uh, the husband and wife, the, uh, the brother-in-law, the wife's brother, uh, he shows up and uh, he's acting a little strange and a little suspiciously. And uh, the husband is, you know, a little, you know, a little concerned about him. He's not, you know, doesn't really like the fact that he's just suddenly shown up, and is a little uncomfortable by his presence, basically being there. Um, so in this, uh, in this, uh, tra I, I basically whipped together a trailer uh, to show here. This is the first time it's being shown to anybody. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I basically whipped something. You're privileged. Yes, absolutely, You're privileged. absolutely. You're welcome. You know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so I just wanted to, you know, put something together to kind of show people, you know, just a few scenes and a few snippets to just kind of give you an idea of, you know, um, not only what the film is about, but also, you know, who these characters are. Mm -hmm. so. Okay. So I will show that clip. All right. There we go. Shannon, you home? I'm in here. Hey. Are you babysitting today? She's playing in her room. Sure. I sent Matt an email last week. He still hasn't responded to you? I don't know what to do. I mean, I've called, I've texted. You don't worry about it because he can take care of himself. Hey, Paul. Hello, Matt. What are you doing here? I figured I'd come for a visit. And you didn't mean to call or anything like that? Is Shannon coming over later? No, it's just you and me today. Why don't we go to your room? We'll play a game. Hey, Dad. Hey, sweetie. That was Uncle Matt. Good. You know, you can always tell Daddy anything. You're not going to get in trouble, I promise. Shannon called me and forgot to tell her that Matt was taking a pail from school today. Great. Yeah, they were talking when I got home. It's nice to get some fresh air after a long day. Is that why you park at the house and walk to pick Hill up? Yeah. 
Shannon. Shannon. And we're back. <laughs> okay. So I don't want to ask too many questions because I know it's not out yet, <laughs> but um, I don't know what other audience members feel about it. I feel he's a little creepy. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, but you don't have to give away anything you don't want to give away. So whatever you want to say about it. Um, yeah, well, yeah, I'm glad you said, you know, you think he's a little creepy because that is actually the idea that we're going for. Um, you know, yeah, like, you know, he is, um, you know, he, like I said, the family, you know, he does suddenly just show up and he is acting a little strange. You know, the husband is a little suspicious of him, um, you know, and he's not the only one. There are other, you know, as the, you know, as the movie unravels, you know, more characters, you know, start to feel a little, you know, other characters start to feel a little suspicious of him as well. Mm -hmm. Um, so, um. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, you know, um, I'm just very proud of, um, you know, just very proud of the film. Like, you know, even watching it here, I'm just like, oh, I feel like, you know, like the fact that you said you get a creepy vibe from, I'm like, ah, oh, we really yeah. nailed this one. All right. <laughs> well, it, it wasn't just the vibe, it was uh, things that were shown. So I think you did a great job in in manifesting what the, what you're trying to show about the fellow, the characters of the of the fellow. And in just that short uh, two and a half minute trailer portion that you did, um, we see why everyone is uncomfortable with his presence. Right. He, he's just uh, the things that he's doing. Right. Yeah. The external manifestation. We're seeing it. Yeah. 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 Now you shot this in 11 days, a full feature. Yes, that's correct. And, yeah, and a, um, apart, not, not to interrupt you, but um, yeah, the script was... Um, the script was over 120 pages. Mm -hmm. uh, we managed to film that in 11 days. Uh, there was a couple of scenes. Or oh, once you when you see the movie, you know, hopefully you'll see the movie. Um, you know, uh, there was a few scenes. Yeah. That, there was there were a few scenes that we had uh, we had used more than once. Like so, for example, um, the scene you actually saw in the beginning, where um, where the where the main character is just walking through the woods. Uh, that scene does appear again later in the film. Mm -hmm. But uh, so there's a couple of scenes that were like that where you know we kind of utilized them more than once. Um, you know, for certain reasons, you know, obviously we understood better, you know, once the film was released, but, uh, yeah, we, we were able to shoot, it was over 120 pages. We were able to film that, you know, in 11 days. On a skeletal yeah. staff. Yeah. Exactly. Four people. Uh, yeah, there was, uh, there was four crew members, mm -hmm. uh, five, if I include myself as the director and then, uh, the cast, I believe was a total of, I believe it was a total of nine people on the cast altogether, like eight or nine, something like that. Mm -hmm. so. And and that's again a remarkable accomplishment for what you're doing, especially considering that a lot of your films get uh, either nominated or they win awards. A lot of them have won awards, so it's it's an amazing feat that you have going there. And so I want to ask again for those listening and interested, because a lot of the filmmakers that I talk to. Um, you know, they're very hopeful. They submit their their films to film festivals and this sort of thing. And they win some, they lose some, they win a few, they lose most. You have, and in just a short time you've been doing this, you have three pages. <laughs> and so I know that you have um, a sort of formula, as it were. So tell us a little bit about that. What is it that, why is it you think that a lot of your films win at these film festivals? Um, 
Well, um, if, oh, if actually, that's funny. Um, a friend of mine was, uh, she has her own podcast called uh, Filmmaking. Actually, if you mm -hmm. want to check that out, feel free. But okay. um, you know, she was talking about, mm -hmm. um, she was talking about you know festivals and stuff the other day, and she mentioned that uh, I, I don't, I can't remember, I can't remember exactly what she, what you know, what she was talking about. But she said, oh well, like you know, you see all of our wins, you don't always see all of our losses. You right. know, so as much as much as I've had a lot of nominations and stuff, I've also lost a few too. You know, unfortunately, you know, with, with any film festival, you're kind of, you know, you're rolling the dice and you're hoping for the best. Um, I think, you know, I think when you have, you know, projects that are, you know, interesting and relatable and, you know, maybe have a certain amount of creativity, you know, involved, I think it can help you get into the film festivals. Um, mm -hmm. Like, for example, the, the short film that you showed, uh, Indecision, where you had the one guy playing three different roles, you know, that was probably something that a lot of film festivals aren't used to seeing. They're not used to seeing, you know, a character who's, you know, battling depression and, you know, arguing with himself, you know, while, while doing it, you know, which is, I think something that, um, a lot of people with, you know, with depression, for example, that's something they do have to deal with where, you know, they have one side of their brain saying, you know, maybe you should just, you know, end your life. Another side is saying, Oh, but what about, you know, you know, why not? Why, why would you, you have all this great stuff going on. Mm -hmm. So, um, now I think, I think when you see stuff, interesting stuff like that, interesting dynamics, like that, I think, you know, it's a little more interesting. Um, but you also I, have to consider, oh, sorry. I, I want to interrupt on that one. I think you're right about that because um, I see a lot of films that are being made on mental issues. Right. And I think that's one of the distinguishing factor here is that you don't see it internalized. You don't see the characters that, and, and right. it's interesting because you actually dress the characters differently. Right. So, so, now I don't have schizophrenia or depression, so I don't know how the characters appear if in my head, if I'm talking to myself, would it appear differently? But right. it's very interesting that you represent them differently. And I think you're right. That could be one of the secrets there. So go ahead, go ahead. Okay. Oh yeah, I was just uh, going to say, um, you know, I think we have, you know, characters that, you know, are going through, you know, like an emotional issue that people can relate to. Like, you know, for example, that character with depression or, um, you know, uh, with the, even with the the trailer for In the Pines that was just shown a few sec a few minutes ago, um, you know, you have a character who you know he's a little suspicious of his brother-in-law. Obviously, he's worried about you know his daughter. You know, I think that's something people can relate to. Is sitting there thinking, you know, oh, I have to you know I have to worry about you know my kid's safety and my family's safety. These mm -hmm. are things that people can you know look at and say like, oh yeah, I've been there, or oh I you know haven't been there myself, but I you know I totally empathize with how he's feeling. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, as, as far as, um, as far as film festivals themselves go, if I, if I may, um, you know, you also have to consider, um, if you're, if you're any project that you're going to make, you have to consider, you know, how much, you know, how, how many, how much head, how much of your head are you going to beat against the wall, you know, in process of, you know, sending the project out because, um, you know, I mean, technically you could, you could have one pro I can make a short film tomorrow and I could spend the next, you know, five years, you know, submitting it to film festivals and stuff. But you have to consider, you know, how much money do you want to spend on the festival? You know, how much time, you know, are you going to, how much available are you going to be if you get into these festivals in terms of, you know, uh, going to those film festivals and traveling and everything else? Because uh, that adds that is, adds up financially too. I've been to, I've been to Las Vegas a couple of times for, you know, a film festival. I've been to, um, you know, Virginia. I've been to New York. Um, you know, obviously I'm on, I'm on the East Coast. So going to Virginia and going to New York not too, not too bad, just, you know, two three hour drive to get there. But, you know, for Vegas, you have to sit there and think, okay, I gotta, you know, I gotta buy a plane ticket, you know, and I gotta get a hotel room, 
you know, you have, you have to consider how much you're willing to spend, you know, in terms of, you know, submitting to film festivals because the film festivals themselves, you know, they cost money as well. Um, you know, that, like I said, so that money you adds up. You, but, but you only have to be there if you win or are nominated. Am I correct? Well, I t technically anybody could go. I mean, if there was a right, film festival, right. if there's a film, if there was a film festival taking place this weekend, I could say, okay, I'm going to go. You know, festivals are great, especially when you're starting out because they're a great, you know, networking opportunity. I have, you know, uh, had times where I've gone to film festivals and I have made deals. I have, you know, sold screenplays at film festivals. Really? Yes. Okay. So, okay. Um, so but the uh, secret here is to be more involved if this is your goal and this is something you want to do with regards to being nominated or winning at these festivals. You have to be a lot more physically involved is what I, I hear you saying. Absolutely. Um, in fact, um, uh, when I my first film festival nomination, I was talking to uh, a friend who was you know a screenwriter. I said, "Oh, hey, my my script is nominated. You know, any advice for me?" She said, "You know, first of all, like you know, if, with a screenplay, you know, once you know once you've written it, you basically have like a year to sell it. Otherwise, mm -hmm. you know, it could become old news. And that's not always the case, but that needs to be like your mindset of, you know, I have this project. I have to, you know." get sold within like a year. Otherwise it's going to be more difficult to sell it from that right. point on. What was the one you sold at the film festival? Oh, the, the uh, film, it was the, um, the action on film festival. Uh, the screenplay was called um, comic relief. Uh, it is currently being produced. That's what I was referring to earlier. Cause I remember we talked about it. Oh yeah. I yeah. Asked if I could see a clip and, and, and this is a TV show now. Or... No, it's, uh, it is it is a feature length film. It, it's it's going to be a feature length film at some point. Um, the producers are still um, trying to get it made. Uh -huh. um, just obviously, you know, the, unfortunately, the pandemic kind of slowed them down right. a little bit. But they are they are back on track. They are trying to get it, get it made and everything. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so that's what I was referring to. So so being more involved and um, uh, what was the first thing we talked about with regards to what what it takes now now my brain i'm getting so I mean, that's right um well, if, I, if i just may say um you know yeah if, if, for those of you uh, you know who are you know if, whether if you're going to a film festival for a project that you submitted or if you're just going to network you know another good thing is to have business cards have something with you know your name either mm -hmm. a phone number or email or something for people to contact you and you know, anybody who gives you a business card you know follow up with them you know email them and say oh hey it was nice to meet you at this film festival you know, I didn't get to see your film, but, you know, I wish I could have, or, or I did get to see it and it was great, you know, cause you never know who's going to sit there and say, well, Hey, you know, we're, you know, we're crewing up for this project, you know, right. do you want to be involved or, you know, Oh, Hey, like, you know, what's your next project that you're working on? You know, maybe I can help you get that made. Mm -hmm. um, you know, another, another thing um, that's important for people to consider for film festivals is, um, you know, also you have to consider, you know, the festivals that are kind of within your range. Um, what I, and what I mean by that is like, you know, you know, you're not, you know, you're not Steven Spielberg or, you know, Martin Scorsese just yet. So, you right. know, getting into some big film festivals might be more difficult for you than mm -hmm. it would be, you know, Martin Scorsese or Steven Spielberg or whoever. Um, mm -hmm. I, I can't tell you how many times I've made short films and people have said to me like, oh, are, are you going to submit it to Sundance? I'm like, well, so I'm sure Sundance is a nice film festival, but, you know, realistically, you know what I mean? Like if I submitted it to there, you know, they've got, first of all, they've probably got a couple thousand other projects that are better than mine that are being considered. You know, they've got probably more famous actors than I do, you know, in their projects. So you have to consider, you know, is it worth shelling out the money, you know, to submit to this film festival just to get rejected because, you know, the competition is too high, you know, and, um, and I've talked to other film festival, you know, 
you know, directors, people who have actually, you know, who actually run film festivals, like, you know, as part of their, you know, their job and part of their living, you know, and they've said, you know, similar things where it's like, you know, you know, they might have like, you know, a thousand submissions, you know, just for like, you know, just for like a handful of categories. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, you know, and one guy even said that's, uh, oh, people like, like Sundance was an example he gave where he said like, you know, oh, people will literally like write the name of, cause like, cause when you go to a film festival, you know, you're going to have, you know, hopefully you'll have like some kind of poster or like, you know, something, even, even if it's just like a, um, uh, even if it's like a postcard size thing, something that has the name of your film and like when your film is being shown. And he right. said that there are some people who will literally put the name of their film and where it's being shown and when on toilet paper. And they will literally put that toilet paper in the public bathrooms at Sundance just to mm-hmm. try to get people to like, you know, to know interested in seeing the movie. Because I think, oh, this person, oh, they, they saw it in the bathroom. They must, oh, I'm, I'm going to go see this on this toilet paper. Let me go. It's a great idea. <laughs> well, well, I mean, it's a good idea, but you know, exactly. it's, it's, it sounds like a good idea, but it also becomes a little bit invasive too. Because it's kind of like, well, like, is this your promotion? Like, right. you know? <laughs> But you never know. Right, that's true. Everybody has a, an attraction to different things. Somebody might like it right. on a toilet paper right. tissue. Right. Oh, yeah, I remember that. You right. never know what attracts people. That's true, absolutely. I, 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 I cannot blame anybody for trying, believe me. I'm just supposed to give them effort for trying. Absolutely. You know? And creativity. Right. You know, they could have printed up a nice little bedazzled thing, or they can just write it on a toilet paper and stick it there. <laughs> Whatever works, whatever works. So you you mentioned collaboration. So let's talk about that for a minute, because as you know, with the film scene, uh, our objective here is number one, to spotlight the filmmaker, Mm -hmm. talk about, uh, you know, some of the in-depth things of what they're doing, uh, the innovative ways they're doing it and share Mm -hmm. that with the world. And then also we shoot for global collaboration you traveling somewhere or someone coming here to collaborate with you. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, the third aspect is we look to see uh, the instructional aspect. Is Mm -hmm. there uh, something here that we can open up the cross-cultural collaboration exchange of ideas? Again, you're going somewhere, they're coming here. So let's talk about that for a minute. What's next on the horizon for you? And... um, what your dream project is and how can someone collaborate with you and work with you to make that a reality? Um, okay. Um, well, for start, um, what's on the horizon for me, um, uh, I'm obviously I'm finishing up this feature film. Uh, once that's submitted, I'll be, you know, traveling to film festivals to promote the film and, you know, talk to distributors about, you know, selling the film and stuff like that. Um, in fact, I'll probably start, um, I'll probably even start reaching out to some of the distributors that I already know, um you know, about the project probably in the next like month or two i'll probably just start to you know just like let them know hey i got this film like you know let me know if you're interested in you know checking it out and stuff like that uh i will also be um i will actually be directing a musical um a state a live stage musical uh starting in august uh this it's a musical called uh frankenstein rocks it'll be shown about i'm not sure the exact location somewhere in the near the philadelphia area so um that's something that i'm excited about i'm excited to you know cause I, I have directed um some short theater plays Many many years ago, so I'm excited for the opportunity to, um, you know, di- direct you know something live, a live stage performance again, um, especially with this project. Um, as I said, it's called Frankenstein Rocks, so it's a very you know kind of Halloween themed project. You know, I was really excited about the screenplay, uh, the, the play once I read you know the script, and uh, I'm excited to you know just try try making a musical. So that'll be 
something I'm excited about. So musical is the next thing for you. Yeah. So in, and and you said I'm I'm getting a a bit confused. Is it stage or screen? It, it is a is a stage. It will be live on stage. It is a musical. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. So it's not a live film. audience. Okay. So in terms of film, um, mm. how what's what's the dream project? And how can someone listening to this collaborate with you to make that happen? Um, well, yeah, if anybody uh, is listening, they could always uh, either send me an email or follow me on Instagram. Mm -hmm. uh, my email is uh, write, W-R-I-T-E dash here, H-E-R-E, 250 at hotmail.com. So they can just shoot me an email if they're interested in working on something. Uh, or they can follow me on Instagram as well. It's uh, at Hawthorne, H-A-W-T-H. O R N E ninety nine twenty two, and we'll have that. Yeah, we'll, we'll put that info. Okay, also. cool. Okay. Um, but yeah, um, you know, my dream project. Um, for me, my dream practice is always just you know, the next project. You know, um, I for example, I have um, had had this uh, comedy that I've been you know writing. Uh, where basically the concept is um, this character. Um, she to to summarize, I don't want to give away too much. But basically, the concept is uh, this woman. She's uh, her sister has a new boyfriend, and her new boy, her sister's new boyfriend, is very you know getting very friendly with um, her nephew. Like you know, they're they're you know, very buddy buddy. They're having a lot of fun together, and she feels she feels a little jealous that her nephew you know doesn't want to hang out with her as much. So that's you know that's a project I'm definitely interested in you know pursuing more. So I think people can relate to that the idea like you know that jealousy idea. And how do you see uh, others collaborating with you? What role would they play to collaborate with you to make this a reality? Um, well, I mean, you know, I'm always looking um, as an independent filmmaker. Funding is always an issue. Um, you know, it's always difficult to try to, you know, get strangers to believe in your projects and get people to, like, you know, give you money, you know, for something that you're working on. Um, so any type of, you know, you know, production, whether it's, you know, funding or even, um, you know, even even trying to get locations, can also be, um, you know, a very helpful thing. Scout. Yeah, absolutely. Um, mm -hmm. You know, because because I, I mean, I I've been lucky that I've you know some of the locations that I've used were just like houses, so I could film in my own house. Or mm -hmm. um, I've actually had very good luck with um, uh, renting renting out Airbnbs and saying to the owners, "Hey, you know, I, you know, can I I'm I'm trying to find a place to film my you know film here. You know, can you you know can I rent your place out for like a week just you know just to film a movie? And some of them have said, "Oh heck no, like, I don't want a film crew in my house." Mm -hmm. and others have said, "Yeah, sure, like no problem, like that's so cool. Like when can I see the movie?" You know, so it, you know, obviously it depends. You know, some people are more you know more excited about the idea than others. Yeah, yeah, I know someone in Calabasas with a beautiful home that she does that quite a bit. So if you're in LA, let me know. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so in terms of instruction and travel, is that something you're open to doing? Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, obviously it depends on, you know, it depends on the project, you know, cause I don't want to, um, I don't want to, you know, be married to a project that's like not going to get off the ground or anything. I think I was, I was reading, what was it? Oh, I was watching an interview one time with, uh, with Rob Zombie and he was trying to make a, uh, he was trying to make a movie about the, um, the Broad Street Bullies, which was the the 1970s uh, Philadelphia hockey team. They, they, mm -hmm. they practically invented hockey fights. They were pretty brutal guys. But uh, right. he, was, he, he spent years trying to make that project and just never happened. And he kind of wished he hadn't like wasted that time. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I've had situations like that myself where, you know, I've had people say, oh, we're making this short film or something. And then it just like never gets off the ground because, you know, they don't want to actually, you know, do the work to actually get that film made. 
Right, know? right. And of course, we we know the deal. Time is always money. Right. So, of course, you know, we want to make sure it's something that we'll see the light of day before we commit to it. Absolutely. I know exactly how that works. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not to mention, um, my part, not to, not to interrupt, but um, okay. not, not to mention even, even the people that you're working with. Like, I'd rather work... I'd rather make, you know, something with people who are like fun to work with or people who are easy to work with as opposed to people who are just, you know, you know, arguing the whole time or, you know, they demand getting their way or whatever. And I, and I've, I have worked for people like that where, um, you know, for them, it's not about, you know, it's not, I've, I've worked with people who have had pretty interesting projects that probably would have been something worth watching had we actually, you know, made the project, but instead, you know, you're on set with them and instead of, you know, you know, shooting the scenes, you know, they're there to just, you know, stroke their ego. You know I mean? For them, it's just, you know, they just want to feel like they're in charge and they want to feel like they're the boss. And unfortunately right. for people like that, you know, the project never gets made. Everybody hates you because you wasted their time and, and you know, not nobody's, you know, nobody's getting anything done. Um, right. you know, it's definitely not, you know, it's definitely not how I want to work. It's definitely not the kind of people that I want to work with. Right. Right. We all know that prima donna <laughs> thing. We all avoid it. Yes. Right. Well, Alex has been, Wonderful having you on the show. Absolutely. Again, I thank you for taking the time to come on set and, sure. and explain your process with us. Sure. As a filmmaker doing everything yourself, uh, any word of advice or caution to budding filmmakers out there who want to get into this themselves. You've had 10 years of experience. You have your feature coming out. Any parting words you want to say? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, like, don't, you know, don't wait for somebody to call you. Don't wait for anybody to say, you know, That's the one. Yes. Oh, you know, we're gonna, you know, oh, you know, we, we'd love to get involved in your project or anything like that. Because, you know, even if, even if people do want to get involved in your project, they might bail out at the last minute. So it's important to sit there and say, you know, if you want to, you know, if you have an idea for a film, even if it's just like a short film or something, just start writing it, start, you know, putting it together. Um, you know, you can shoot a film on your phone. There's no excuse to, you know, sit there and say, well, I can't because da, 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 da. You know, those excuses that you give are the excuses that you make for yourself. That's that you can justify, you know, not putting the effort in. And, you know, that's not, that's not how I want to work. Right. There was that film, I don't recall the name, that won at Sundance several years ago that they shot entirely with an iPhone. Oh, really? Do you, do you remember that? I, I don't um, remember the name of the film right oh now. Gosh. Oh, you know, I, oh, I don't know. If, I don't know if it's. The, I don't know if it's the same. The same film or not. But I remember there was a film. Uh, Sean, uh, Sean Baker, who was a great director, a great independent director, uh, made a film called Tangerine. Tangerine. Uh, yeah. Is that what? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I, I have seen that film. Um, entirely by iPhone. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, well. For the record, I mean, I, th I think I, I had heard some people say like, you know, oh, it wasn't just the iPhone. He he attached this to this part. And, you know, I, I don't know, but, you know, it was something, you know, at least he did something. Yeah. You know? and, and, and it's an attestation to the whole point you're making that, you know, quit the excuses. It can right. be done. Just, just to get. And, and in terms of location, there was another film uh, won awards. Again, it was shot just the entire film was shot in a car. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I and I don't again. I don't remember the right. name of that one. Right. But yeah, well, everything um, is possible. Right. Well, sorry, not to interrupt, but uh, yeah. Well, I think that was the thing about um, uh, the uh, the movie The Whale. I think Brendan Fraser just won you know the Oscar for that. Um, but I, I I haven't had a chance to see sit down and watch the film yet. It is on Netflix. I do want to watch it. But I think that I read the whole thing just takes place in an apartment. So it's like you know you don't need yeah. crazy locations as long as you have an interesting story. You know, Great that's all that matters. Yeah. Yeah. Good, relatable characters, strong characters. Yes. Absolutely. Thank you again, Alex. Thank sure you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. And 
Enjoy the rest of your evening in New Jersey. And we'll, come well. Again. we'll have you back on the show, of course. We'll hear sure. a lot more about what you're doing. Absolutely. All right. Thank you, you so much. You take care and thanks again. Thanks so much. Our pleasure. Bye.